Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From autosport.com and autosport magazine, I'm Martin Lee and this is the Autosport Podcast. Extreme E was back on the British Isles and we sent our man in Scotland, uh, a couple of the team actually, to go and see what it was all about. Welcome to the podcast for the first time, our head of social, Mark Bride. Thank you very much, Martin. Good to be here. And we want to hear all about what happened at Extreme E when it arrived in Scotland. And so we can already hear from your accent, it's possibly a, a local event to you. Uh, give us some background on the event and where it was. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we were very lucky to have a, a big racing event in Scotland. It's been a, it's been a while since we've had a, a kind of major racing series making its kind of first uh, first steps in, in the country. So very happy to have Extreme E in Scotland. I think I speak on behalf of most Scottish people in saying that. Um, but yeah, Extreme E kind of came to Scotland. So this is its first um, its first visit to Scotland. It, it has been, uh, we had raced in the UK before. So we've had races in, in Dorset last year. For Extreme E, they obviously want to, to kind of move the, the races around and find the most extreme places to, to kind of go and race in. And this location in Dumfries and Galloway, so the, the kind of nearest big town to, to where they were racing is somewhere like Sankar, if you're local with that area. Or some people might know like Dumfries or somewhere like Ayr. But the whole idea of racing in this this, uh, this, uh, this circuit was that it was a very remote location and it is a, a former open cast coal mine. So it's, uh, you know, it has a legacy of being somewhere that, you know, people were, you know, very, it was very heavy industry and going into the future, it will be used as a, a major hydro project. So they will be kind of producing electricity there going forward using sustainable means. So a very apt location for Extreme E and yeah, a circuit that, that really matched the kind of and, and gave us some really good racing which was which was great yeah it's so good to see what extremely do around the world going to places that highlights what they are doing to increase sustainability sometimes or clean up the areas that they go to as you've mentioned they were down here in in Dorset, down say down here because it's, it's where i live at uh, uh, bovington and uh, that was a very muddy event i took my welly boots for that one as we made some podcasts and some video content from uh, from 
down here. But those uh, electric Odyssey vehicles coped admirably with the Dorset mud. How do they do uh, with the, the Scottish mud? I presume it was a kind of muddy stony surface as um as is the case often in scotland we had all four seasons across a weekend um so a lot of a lot of rain i think we got we were very lucky we we're very fortunate uh the first few days there was a lot of kind of sunshine we then got a lot of kind of mist so the <clears throat> the the friday morning uh there was a slight delay um to, to proceedings because of a, a kind of low-hanging mist uh which meant that the <clears throat> the the medical helicopter couldn't take off but then we got a really nice day on the Saturday, um, which was good. And then the Sunday, the heavens opened and we really got a taste of the, the Scottish weather. So the drivers had to contend with <laughs> with a lot of mud, a lot of stone. Uh, for me, it was amazing to see the the state in which the, the cars came back to the paddock. Um, you know, we, we got to watch the cars heading off into the track, uh, nice and gleaming clean, uh, having been washed. And they came back looking very, very different. Um, no, not a kind of sponsor in sight. Just, I mean, it was very difficult actually to to kind of recognise each car, um, because they were just completely covered in mud. Um, and that was again, especially the case on the Sunday when, yeah, the the drivers had to contend with a lot of a lot of muddy track. But that's that's why they race in the series that they race in because they they enjoy it. So absolutely, and some of the uh, conditions, uh, from the pictures that we published on autosport.com look just brilliant as well. And one of the great things about Extreme is where they go around the world and highlight places uh, they go to. That that really does follow all the way through to everything that they do in their operations. When I went to the one in Dorset, we had a break in filming and, and recording, and they said, oh, hey, by the way, the, the kind of the catering's open, the teams, the drivers, everyone's having grabbing a quick... A quick bit of lunch, and it was it was really you know really well done. There was something for everybody, and uh, and and so I said absolutely, and I never never turned down a free meal in my life yet. And um, uh, and I got uh, I got in there, and uh, and the lady serving said, uh, "Have you got your plate?" And I it, it was a bit like Alan Partridge's big plate. I'm like, "Are we bringing our own plates?" But and she was like, "Oh no, let me explain. If you've never done this before, yeah, people bring their own cutleries, their plates, their mugs. We don't use disposable plastics. We don't throw away single use items, and we wash stuff." I was like, oh, Oh, that's amazing. Just that one little thing, I think, that kind of microcosm is the whole ethos around that event. And it's so interesting to talk to. Now, of course, one of the things that surprised me as well is there was loads of access when I went to see the one in down here in, in Dorset. And in fact, the teams and the engineers were really interested that uh, that we were kind of coming along and getting so close and you could ask them questions very different to something, you know, like Formula One or something like that, where you just can't get close to anything. Uh, just explain to us what Autosport were doing on the ground at Extreme E. Yeah, sure. So we, we were down there kind of creating content. So um, in my role as, as head of social, um, I also had a, our, our colleague, Laura, um, who also works in the social media team. She's also a Scot from Aberdeen. Um, she was down on the, the Saturday and the Sunday. Um, and our job was really to kind of tell the story of Extreme E um, to our Autosport audience. Um, you know, we, we have a, a really, as you well know, Martin, we have a, an audience that really know they're racing. Um, and I think that there is, a, people are aware of Extreme E um, and what the, the series does. Um, but it was our chance to kind of really get in amongst it and, and show them, you know, very, very closely at, at close hands what that racing series does. Um, you know, giving them kind of behind the scenes in the paddock. So we kind of took them through some processes such as, 
you know, how the cars get clean, you know, how the cars head off onto the racing track. Um, so we were kind of the eyes and ears um, of our, our autosport audience um, there on the ground in, in Scotland. And I mean, just to kind of echoes your point there, Martin, but, you know, the, the thing, the big takeaway that I took from it was, was the access. Um, you know, I think having worked in a Formula One environment myself in, in the past, you know, Formula One is, you know, people are very welcoming in Formula One. Um, but there is obviously, you know, this is a series, Extreme E is a series that, that really wants to grow and it really wants to tell a story. And, and that really comes across in how, just how open and welcoming Extreme E is to, to people like ourselves um, who are coming in from the outside. I mean, we, you know, we got very, very close to the race in action. There wasn't a massive amount of kind of restrictions around what we could film and what we couldn't film. You know, they were very happy for people to come in and just really celebrate that and be enthusiastic about the series. So that was great on our behalf because it, it made for some really nice content uh, that we could put out across our, our racing channels. And what was your favourite bit of content that uh, you captured at the event? I mean, there were a few really nice bits uh, that both myself and Laura kind of were capturing on the ground. But for me, the the, the greatest thing was actually seeing the, the ship. So um, for those that aren't aware of Extreme E, um, Extreme E basically travels around the world using a, a floating base, they call it, which is the St. Helena, um, which is an old ship which... I think has been around for, for many, many decades, which used to be a, a, a kind of mail ship or a, a kind of survivor ship, I think they call it, for the island of St. Helena in the, the South the South Atlantic. Um, now, that ship was completely revamped uh, for the Extreme E-Racing Series, and that houses all the cars, it houses you know a lot of the staff members, and that goes from race to race. Um, now, obviously, they can't, they couldn't dock um, in the at, by the race location, given it was right bang in the middle of uh, Dumfries and Galloway. Um, but it did the 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 ship did dock um, in a little port uh, just off the, the the coast of Ayrshire um, called Fairley. Um, and I got the chance to go into the ship to have a look around to see where the cars are based uh, when they're when they're travelling on the high seas. Um, I got a really nice chat with uh, with one of the captains of the ship who who took me through every single bit of detail. I mean, we were going through the the kind of some of the the lounges and the walls. I mean, the 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 ship itself is is very you know there's a lot of uh, it's not just a case of kind of it's not just the place that houses the cars. It's the place that you know acts as a hospitality suite in some instances. So you know a lot of the the team members would go back to the ship after the racing um, on on that weekend. Um, and I got to see the insides and out in terms of you know the, the place is completely revamped in terms of there's extreme pictures everywhere. Um, you know there's a lot of people on the ship who uh, are really passionate about. Um, what Extreme E is trying to do and I got to meet a lot of those people as well so just for me I think it was completely baffling but also in a good way um, to see this ship which houses an entire racing series I mean we obviously you know you talk about the likes of Formula 1 Formula E I mean these huge circuses that kind of go around the world but to have that all based in one ship um, is just remarkable and um, and for me, just to kind of get the chance to see how they, they squeeze it all in is, is was really really interesting. That was a that was a great bit of um, great bit of content for us. Yeah, they literally lift the cars uh, kind of into the uh, on and off the uh, on and off the ship, which is uh, they sort of pick them up and plonk them back on the ship again, and then they take them around the world. It's fascinating to uh, to watch it uh, being 
uh, unloaded and things like that. But tell us about the atmosphere, because normally with a motorsport event, you would normally be talking about some sort of crowd event and grandstands and the bars of the crowd and people cheering on different teams. And that doesn't always lend itself to the kind of remote locations that Extreme E sometimes goes to. So what was what was that like? Is it strange having, uh, you know, no cues of fans outside? Yeah, I mean, it was very strange. Again, coming from a kind of Formula 1 background where you've got fans mingling around everywhere, um, it, it was a very strange, it was a strange atmosphere at first. Um, but obviously it kind of, and as you alluded to there, Martin, it, it, it links in with Extreme's overriding purpose. So they want to leave as, you know, the least amount of footprint as they can in these places. And part of that is, you know, that they would bring the race into the fans via uh, broadcasting um, and via, via video streams. So that's the reason for, for no fans being there. In terms of the atmosphere and what it brought, I mean, you know, there was still a lot of very, you know, there were still school children there. So there was a lot of school visits on the Friday. Um, there were kind of influencers that were there from various racing series. You obviously had the mechanics, uh, the drivers. There was a lot of media there. So there was still a bit of a buzz around the track. I mean, it wasn't completely um, completely silent. Um, but not having those fans there was, was, yeah, it was strange. But you could see in our, um, in our social content as well that a lot of people were obviously sitting at home watching the series, keeping track of what was happening, keeping track of the races uh, remotely. And, you know, that that's something that obviously Extreme are keen to, to really build on. Um, and for us, it was it was great for us to be able to tell that story because, you know, we really were the fans that were there. I mean, we were the ones that were kind of, you know, getting excited, seeing the cars coming out and um, and telling the story of the, the race and what, what was going on on track. So, um, yeah, a, a strange thing, but definitely in keeping, I think, with Extreme's overall uh, mission. And that goes all the way through to, like I said, the access to the engineers and the access to uh, those who are putting the cars together, always happy to stop and talk about what they're doing and how they charge them and and uh, and some of the technology behind it as well. That goes for the drivers too. There's Because there isn't that pressure to have to be in a certain place at a certain time, like a, I would say, bigger sporting event, if that makes sense, where they're being dragged from pillar to post. Oftentimes they were kind of standing around uh, watching the engineers or talking to the engineers and, you know, when someone from the media kind of sidles up and says, oh, hello. They were more than happy to talk to me and uh, I'm sure it was the case uh, with you guys in Scotland as well. So uh, just to finish off, can we expect uh, some some more stuff like this, more more content from uh, getting to various different series from the Autosport social team in the future? I mean, we at Autosport um, and in terms of our kind of social team, we're very keen to give our fans the kind of the closer access that they crave. So we, we definitely want to be doing more of these kind of racing series. Obviously, you know, there are certain restrictions around certain series, but we, we always want to give our fans the, the you know, the, the accessibility of kind of being there. Uh, even if they can't be there physically, we, we love to bring them the action, you know, over, over our social media channels. So we would certainly love to be doing more of this stuff. And I know that there are potential plans in place for us to do a lot more, um, not just with Extreme E, but um, with, with other racing series as well. So there's certainly something to keep your eyes out for. Well, make sure you are following Autosports social channels for all of the work that our team are doing there. And uh, obviously on a on a Formula One weekend, extremely busy, but all series um, as well, bringing you motorsport fans as much as we can and 
bring you the inside story and the inside track on uh, on as much as we possibly can. So make sure you're following all of our social channels and, of course, make sure you're following autosport.com for regular updates on, on Extreme as it travels around the world and possible changes to the series as it evolves in the future. And they've been talking about, at some point, do they add hydrogen to the mix? Do you then have hydrogen and battery cars racing against each other or just, uh, you know, single fuel cell series so much to think about in the future of how we go motor racing it's really exciting it's really at the cutting edge uh, and it's fascinating to follow well mark thank you so much for joining us on the autosport podcast for this one make sure you subscribe to the channel so you get all of our latest podcasts automatically in the future thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next one Podcast Network.